You are listening to. You are listening to. You are listening to. Rural Voices, the Rural Youth Europe podcast. Hello and welcome back to Rural Voices, the Rural Youth Europe podcast. And we have got another Co Coriado special for you. We are extremely proud to be a part of the Co Coriado project, which is all about rebalancing the position of the farmer within the food supply chain. It's about shortening food supply chains and aiming to reconnect the consumer with food and food producers. A huge part of this project is our network of 40 Co Coriado ambassadors who are all linked to the food supply chain in some way. They come from all over Europe and have all got their own areas of expertise and knowledge. We met for the first time in Brussels earlier on in the year. If you haven't listened to the podcast from that training, you can go back and listen to it to hear what we got up to there. But in this episode, we're going to be focusing on some of the seed initiatives that are being co-created by the ambassadors. Throughout the episode, we will hear from some of the ambassadors about a few of these new initiatives. I'm going to be starting off by catching up with Lisa from Ilvo, who is one of the coordinators of this training. But first, let's get a taste of what's to come in the episode. Every ambassador here shares this dream. They all want to change the the, the food system. It's quite a big dream. So if you you want to change big things, uh, have big dreams, then you need some kind of structure. It feels so great to be back and to see all these amazing people, to be able to work alongside the young uh, people from all over Europe. We feel like, and farmers also, they feel like it's so unfair right now, like all the food system and the the long chains and the low prices, uh, they're paid. And also, yeah, they don't feel like valued. We teach uh, kids in the schools all about history, all about physics, chemistry. I don't know what, I think that the, 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 most important thing is, thing is that we teach them how to produce food that they will have something on the plate uh, for dinner. I think that this is the basic knowledge that everyone has to have. It's like cooking. It's very good that everyone knows how to cook. Um, duckweed as a plant has the same protein profile as soya and we all know that soya has a huge carbon footprint and um, it's cutting down the rainforest. Um, but duckweed had the potential to Apart from producing a crop, it also has the potential to have environmental benefits in an area such as water remediation. It's moving from the lab onto trial farms, which is very exciting. So Coco Market is initiative that came from uh, really Coco from Coco Riedo. And uh, when we were in Brussels and we saw this amazing uh, food hub, this idea came from that, that why I shouldn't make it in my city. I, I noticed that the, the sparkle was there and one once you've got it started, these these people are so amazing that, that they, they don't need even that much, you know. Just a small sparkle and off they go. They are so amazing. So, Lisa, we're here in Pamplona for the second Co Coriado Ambassador Training. It's been over six months 
since the first training. How does it feel to be here in Spain with all the ambassadors back together? It's it's really amazing. It's also very exciting, mainly. Um, so we got some feedback after the first training in Brussels and because um, it was, of course, the first li- real life testing of all our ideas and theories. Yeah. And what inevitably happens is the moment you put them out there is that, of course, they fail in some sense, <laughs> which is good, which is exactly the point. Um, that's that's a learning process. Um, so we have been uh, working very hard to make this second training a bit different, uh, t- twitched and tweaked. Um, we're, so we changed things. And now we're very curious to see Will this work? Yes. <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed. I mean, before we go into what the ambassadors will be doing this week, just a bit about you. So, you know, you are one of the key coordinators of this training and you work for one of the project partners, Ilvo. Can you briefly explain what that is and what your role is? Uh, Ilvo is a uh, research institution. Um, so we, we are not teaching. We're mainly doing research, applied research. Yeah. On the topics of, uh, so ILVO stands for uh, farming, um, fishery and food research. I'm mainly in the food department and in a very small sub-department of ILVO. So total ILVO is almost 700 people. In my department where I work, we are a group of 60 researchers. Um, uh, where we do mainly the the connection. So we are not the hard sciences, we are the soft sciences. And we try to think about all these innovations that are out there. How can you actually bring them to farmers? How can you support farmers in in finding their way to it? Also, farmer well-being is uh, a topic that is researched in our department. So we go uh, a bit beyond, uh, we we involve the social sciences and mix them with food research in a very applied way. So it very much makes sense that you're involved in this project yeah absolutely absolutely um in your in your opening speech this morning at the start of a training you played a clip from the famous Simon Sinek the golden circle TED talk where you know he talks about the power of why and focusing on why you do things what I want to know is that you know obviously you're working on this project and you're clearly really passionate about it but what is your why? Why do you love working on this project? That's a good question. Um, actually, my personal why, I am here because I, I, I used to work in a startup myself. I kind of know the struggles that they have. And for me, if, let's say, 10 of these ambassadors uh, get something out of these trainings that helps them to develop their idea to the next level, if they actually can get or a new contact person here that um, for them opens doors. That is, if, I can, if that can be achieved in these coming days, then, then I'm happy, then I, will, then, then I will just go to bed with a big, big smile on my, on my face. <laughs> yes, okay, brilliant. And I mean, so this second Cocoriado training, it started, it's well underway. What is the main aim of the next few days? So during the first time, it was getting to know each other a lot. Um, but one of the main goals of the project as a total is actually we have these seed initiatives. So ambassadors could um, submit their project proposals. Uh, they also rece- could receive a little bit of funding, small budget, um, to support them in, in their work. But it was mainly about creating topics for group work, actually. Um, 
and these seed initiatives are supposed to be, of course, uh, in line with the project ideas of um, uh, connecting consumers with producers and improving the position of the farmers in the supply chain. Um, uh, and we wanted then to, to help them, to support them in to develop these seed initiatives, these little startup ideas, if you want. Um, how can you uh, develop them and make them into maybe profitable business models? Yeah. Um, so we used a little bit of systems thinking, we used a little bit of lean startup methodology, we used a little bit of hints to business model canvas yeah. um, to really get them not into that direction of developing that, of asking more questions, being critical of their ideas, not just falling in love with their ideas, but uh, being really crit as critical as possible now. Um, rather than hitting the wall later on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I mean, talking of the ambassadors collaborating, you know, in particular on these seed initiatives, this morning you were talking about a collaboration model to help try and achieve this. Can you briefly explain what that is? Yeah, the collaboration model is just the framework we use for all the different steps um, that we will be going through uh, during the training. So it's like a framework call it whatever, um, in which, of course, you start from uh, why or the DNA of the project. Well, the DNA is already kind of decided. That is actually really uh, the, the co-creado mission is in there. And this is a shared mission, really. We, I, I could feel it very clearly um, already last time, and I, I, I have heard already things today as well. Um, we all, Every ambassador here shares this dream. They all want to change the, the, the food system. Yeah. It's quite a big dream. Yeah. So if you if you want to change big things, uh, have big dreams, then you need some kind of structure, and it's mainly a way to cut this whole big uh, sausage into small pieces and make it a bit more edible. Um, so through the DNA, you go through why are you doing it, what are you doing, who are your partners, um, uh, what capa uh, what capacities you need, um, what is your value proposal. Uh, you move on to, uh, to to test hypothesis. So you have some assumptions made about consumers will be willing to pay for this. Uh, farmers are interested in joining this this initiative. Uh, but they are really, is that true though? Huh? Because uh, we see that many um, uh, business model uh, canvases never survive the, con the first contact with actual consumers. Uh, so we try to give them tools to test it. Um, then finally, we also give them a way of starting to make practical planning, more like a roadmap of which actions to do when at what stage. Yeah. And then next training, we will still use the same collaboration model. Um, the final step of it is to uh, estimate costs and revenues, uh, put dollars into it, I guess. Uh, so um, uh, that is going to be an important one as well. Uh, and, then, and then we have finished kind of this collaboration model. It's cool, isn't it? Because, I mean, this is so practical because, you know, at the end of the day, they are trying to create real business models that work in the real world. And what's so cool about this network is that they're all using the expertise of each other. We've got this vast network of incredible and varied talents amongst the ambassadorship. You know, over the next few days, they're coming together in groups to develop these seed initiatives, aren't they? How do you think this will be a benefit to the ambassadors this week? Yeah, because so you need different partners if whenever you're developing such a project, you need different expertise, and that's exactly what we have because they all come from different parts of the value chain, different parts of Europe, and so they will bring such a diverse look, and they will come with questions that the initiator of the idea has never thought of, yeah. 
which might at sometimes be be confronting. So, um, but I think they they um, we, there are also quite some social activities so that they have enough bonding so that they have a bit of a connection. If you've had a beer together, yeah. it's easier to accept that someone says, "Look, hey, I really don't think that people are going to be willing to pay for this," you know. So. Um, uh, we hope that uh, the, con the combination of this, the social connection between them and their knowledge will help them to be able to accept from each other as well uh, feedback. Yes, I'm really excited to hear more about these seed initiatives. And I will be chatting to several of the ambassadors that are developing these in the rest of the episode. Um, you just mentioned there the, the social side of the project, as well as, you know, sharing lots of ideas and hopefully feeling inspired from each other. What else have the ambassadors got in store for the rest of this week? Um, so we have the seed initiatives. And apart from the seed initiatives, we also want to uh, inspire them with um, best practices from all over Europe that we have been studying over summer. So we have uh, actually in the first training, they have selected the ambassadors themselves from a long list of very inspiring initiatives that we that we as, as partners had, uh, had listed up for them. They uh, got to decide which ones were actually the most interesting ones to learn from. And those uh, initiatives, about uh, 15, we, uh, all different partners over the summer have been conducting research uh, uh, interviews with them, um, in-depth interviews, really, I don't think that that has ever been done before uh, in, in, in this type of research to go that much in-depth. Normally, they always will focus on a couple of factors, uh, success factors, but we have been uh, leaving it very open and giving a very, so it took quite some time, but will also give us a total view like like we are into systems thinking eh? so you, we realize that if you take one component out you might uh, ruin change the system already yeah. so you're not studying the same thing anymore so we kept the total uh, overall view um, and uh, we have distilled some best practices from that mm -hmm. To be fair, the analysis of those uh, of those um, best practices still need to go further. They are not, it's not finished, and so we will continue with that. But the first analysis has been done, and this we will give back to them. Uh, we also ask their input, so we also will ask them is if uh, these things, um, these best practices that we identify from our perspective, if they're really, we want them to validate the fact that these are best practices yeah. in the different regions, because something that works in, uh, in, in Belgium might not work in Bulgaria. Um, a very concrete, uh, a very specific example of that is um, the working uh, with a, a cooperative structure uh, as a way to involve your consumers or your producers. Different, uh, you can have different types of uh, cooperatives, uh, cooperatives, of course. Um, and this is something that works in Belgium, but it won't work in Bulgaria apparently because uh, people there uh, are not so fond of cooperative structures. Okay. They have some history that that is preventing that. So those things we want to get out of here so that at the end of the project, of course, the goal is to help as many people as possible who want to change the, the food system because we have the ambassadors here, but there's many more out there. Yeah. Um, and we want to share this knowledge with all of them so that they can, uh, that we can make like a movement. You know, we have the drop in the water and this is just the first circle, but there's so many more circles to come. Absolutely. We hope. Yes, we hope. And that is really what is so exciting about this project. Right. I won't keep you any longer, Lisa. I hope you have a brilliant and stress-free week. Not counting on that. <laughs> I hope you have a brilliant rest of your week here in Pampelona. Thank you so much.
Thank you, Lisa, from Elvo for that catch-up at the start of this training. Right, let's do it then. Let's hear from some of those ambassadors that are developing some new and exciting seed initiatives. They aim to rebalance the position of the farmer within the food supply chain. And let's hear from the ambassadors behind them. Hi, I'm Domen Wieland. I'm coming from Slovenia, from Prealp area, uh, from the municipality of Kamnik. I'm now a farmer. My original profession was a teacher of geography and history. But when I take over the farm from my grandma, I decided that, that I will try uh, the I will start and try it uh, also with the farming and surviving on the on the um, medium-sized farm in Slovenia. Uh, so our farm now is quite mixed. We have few varieties. Uh, we are producing some strawberries. Uh, then we have uh, we are producing uh, hay goat milk. So we have some dairy goats. We also have some cattle uh, for uh, meat production. Uh, laying hens, free ranch, for eggs, and some animals then that can, uh, uh, for our self-sufficiency, some ducks, uh, goose, uh, pigs, one horse. So yeah, it's quite a big mixture. Uh, we just don't have uh, sheep and donkey, <laughs> but all the other things uh, you can find on our farm. And also, on the other hand, we're also organizing and trying to to organize uh, some workshops for kindergartens and uh, now we also want to start with the more with the primary schools yeah so i mean obviously you've gone from teaching to farming that's really cool that you want to try and incorporate that teaching side of things into the farming as well yeah I think that because of that, I I, I finished uh, I finished my uh, fac fa faculty for the teacher. Now I really wanted to all this knowledge that I um, received in those five years, yeah, of of uh, studying, um, uh, to connect it with with, uh, with uh, farming, and I think this is the great opportunity to share to share the knowledge about farming. Uh, with the right concept also o on the end the main goal of that is that the kids will have some some basic knowledge yeah exactly and that forms the basis of your seed initiative doesn't it really um developing these initiatives is that one of the main reasons why you wanted to be a part of this network i really wanted to be because uh, of uh, the ambassador of this project because i found out that all around Europe, they have um, many good practices. Um, of course, you cannot visit all of them. But if the people from all around Europe are together on the same place at the same time, you can speak with them. And of course, we can share each other some ideas, some uh, some good practices. And of course, with um, uh, sharing also our idea and... Um, our knowledge about this uh, this this uh, topic so talking about your seed initiative then what is it called and what are you trying to achieve with this initiative yeah uh my seed initiative food school basic goal is that i want to connect uh, farmers uh, uh educational institutions and also local uh local community 
together with stronger chains yeah that they can cooperate with sharing knowledge with buying food and products from local farmers directly from them and of course maybe helping to each other with some work and with uh, with some uh, uh, expertise that uh, each group has and i think that the main goal for me is that all three groups has um, have some benefits on the end i hope that they will have it and that of course the position of the farmer also in the eyes of society will be on the uh, higher level yeah so what are your first steps to actually try and make make this happen you know talking practically what are the next steps to try and make this happen? Uh, it was, yeah, you have something in your head, you write it down, and but yeah, then you have to, to, to uh, arrange some meetings to check if this is available to, to, to make it in your region. Um, you have to check the laws. And of course, what I'm the most afraid, if the schools, the, the headmasters, the teachers are prepared in this view of cooperation. And also, for example, they are also quite important the organizer of the uh, school meals. If they, are, if they want to found uh, local foods, and include them in in the in the uh, uh, school school lunches or uh, other school meals, and of course also the farmers. Um, there are not a lot of farmers that have some um, pedagogical uh, uh, knowledge. So, and also some farmers are quite busy with primary work, so with 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 farming, with cultivating the land, taking care of the animals. Uh, if they are prepared to do such work, so yeah, yeah, uh, I really hope that we will found on both sides, both sides uh, some uh, um, uh, some candidates to uh, cooperate, and also the the parents or the local community if they will agree with that that uh, their kids go to the farm maybe more often, and if they will be prepare for example to uh, to 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 start buying food from from the uh, from the farmers from their local environment yeah yeah so why is it so so important that young people learn about food and where their food comes from yeah i think that this knowledge now we have i think that the kids have really huge uh, lack of of knowledge of producing the food because in the past the majority of the slovenian people have some relatives some grandparents some uh, uncles aunts on the on the rural areas that had farms so they had some basic knowledge they spent some holidays uh, um, uh, there um but now they don't have even more and um if we teach uh, kids in the schools all about history all about physics chemistry i don't know what i think that the 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 most important thing is thing is that we teach them how to produce food that they will have something on the plate uh, for dinner we don't know what will happen in the future in the next 5 10 maybe 30 years but definitely basic information how you can plant how you can sit uh, how you can taking care of the animals what they need it's it's i think very important for all of us it's uh, uh, i think that this is the basic knowledge that everyone has to have it's like cooking
it's very good that everyone knows how to cook. Absolutely. And I mean, I think this is such an exciting project and so important, as you say. Finally, we're here this week with a whole network of ambassadors and you're working alongside several other ambassadors to develop your food school project. What are the key things that you are hoping to get out of the other ambassadors? What knowledge and expertise do you need to to develop this further? Definitely, I need I need uh, more uh, marketing skills. It's also in one way this is some initiative that needs some marketing. Uh, on the end, of course, it is in, also involves <laughs> some money if we want to organize that. Also, yeah, the farmers and uh, need some income of that. So yeah, marketing skills definitely. Then also um, uh, dealing with the social medias. Uh, okay, I I have Facebook profile for the farm, but I'm I'm really not very familiar of making videos and making uh, enthusiastic uh, uh, posts. And so yeah, definitely this 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 topic is also uh, I need I I need some uh, help, um, and also some experience. Definitely some good practices to hear if they have something similar in in their country and how are they solving, for example, some problems or some issues that that I have in my head. Well, that's the beauty of this network, isn't it? And having lots of help. I know that you've got Yulia, who's a board member of Rural Youth Europe and also from Slovenia. She's on your team. She's amazing at social media and marketing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that those from oh, also before, Anya, uh, uh, yes. Anya Magar, who was uh, with us, yeah, I think that they have uh, uh, from this Rural Youth uh, organization in Slovenia, they have acquired a, a lot of knowledge about uh, social media yeah so yeah yeah <laughs> be good members of your yeah, team yeah uh, well i hope you have a, an amazing rest of your week in pamplona i wish you all the best with the project i think it's great yeah thank you very much my name is nerea i'm from spain and i live uh, in the northern part of spain in navarra where I work as a uh, consultant for farmers in a local development agency. How long did it take for you to get to this venue in Spain? How far away do you live? Uh, it's like uh, about 40 kilometers away. Ah, okay. So it's very close. What motivated you to be a part of this Cocoyado project and be a part of the network of ambassadors? Well, I think uh, it was the fact that... Um, we were many young people from all of Europe and also uh, there are some farmers and people like really skilled and passionate about food system. So I wanted to know those people and share ideas. Exactly. And I mean, a big part of the project is the co-creation of the seed initiatives. Now, on Monday morning, you initially pitched your idea for your seed initiative to the rest of the network Um, and then over the last few days you've been developing that idea with your fellow ambassadors. In that first session we heard a part of the Simon Sinek The Power of Why TED Talk. So before we start getting into the details of what your project is, what is your why? You know, what is the issue that you're tackling? Why have you wanted to start this project? Okay, uh, well, 
I think that uh, in our region, for example, well, it's a global problem, but in our region, um, one of the main productions is uh, livestock production. And we feel like, and farmers also, they feel like it's so unfair right now, like all the food system and the, and the long chains and the low prices uh, they're paid. And also, um, yeah, they don't feel like valued. Uh, their work is no is n has no value for the society. So they have the need to uh, reach the consumer directly and tell the consumer how they are producing, uh, how they care about their animals, uh, how they care about the environment also, and how they need the consumer to engage with their product in order to uh, make their farms viable yeah, exactly. and, and sustainable. So you've identified a couple of key issues there. That is your why, but what are you going to do about it? What is your seed initiative? Okay, so um, in order to, when we talk about uh, like reconnecting consumer and producer, so uh, we need uh, some factors to help us and one of them is the the processing facilities for those products to turn into aliments like for example uh, for the meat we need uh, slaughterhouses and we need small butcheries where we can uh, actually uh, transform this product and package it and make uh, different products like burger meats and sausages and typical products. So we need those facilities yeah. and we haven't got any um, or they are disappearing slowly. The, the, the small slaughterhouses, they are disappearing. Why are they disappearing? Yeah, because of uh, policies okay. and uh, the, the global market, it tends to concentrate every step of the chain, like it tends to concentrate the production in big farms. It tends to uh, concentrate the processing facilities into big industrial, private slaughterhouses. Yeah. So we uh, we need to uh, um, keep alive the small slaughterhouses in the rural areas. We and we have to put them like like they have to be a a useful tool for farmers yeah. and they have to be uh, part of the governance of these small slaughterhouses also. Yeah. So what we we try to do with Kalaska Initiative is to keep alive the small slaughterhouse in our valley, yeah. in our area, yeah. to improve it and to set up a cooperative of farmers that will uh, run this uh, this uh, slaughterhouse and this cutting plant and so that they can uh, they have the control of their product they have the control of these facilities and they can then sell direct directly their product to the consumer to the restaurants to the shops amazing amazing so Kalaska the name of this project this is an existing abattoir that you are working on right now yes we, we, are, we are lucky in our uh, valley because we have this small avatar. Uh, it's quite old, but um, but we think that it's very useful and important to keep it uh, functioning and alive and 
Yeah, so we've got a little one. <laughs> it's very little, it's small, yeah. but it's enough for our farmers to use it. And Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, what a brilliant start to the project as well. Um, obviously, over the last few days, you've been co-creating the initiative and working together with your fellow ambassadors. Is there anything in particular that you really wanted to get out of the ambassador network and your fellow sort of team members? How have you found the the last few days? Um, well, I think it's been very inspiring <laughs> yeah. and like enriching. I don't know if that word yeah. exists, yeah. but okay. Because um, in my team, uh, the people like uh, they, they gave a lot of ideas and different points of view so and make and I liked uh, very much this uh, workshop we we made about uh, make or break our assumptions about the initiative. So uh, it made me like rethink a lot of uh, things about the project, about the initiative, and think about other possibilities and uh, different scenarios or. Yes, stages of the project. And am I right in thinking that you're taking some of the ambassadors out to go see the abattoir this afternoon? Yes. Amazing, (laughs) amazing. Yeah, we're going there and just, it's an informal visit, but, and by the way, they can uh, also see the landscape of our Mm. uh, Navarra. Yeah, it is beautiful around here, especially now that the sun is out. Yeah, my valley, uh, Sakana is like more, humid and green than this but they are both beautiful <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh, thank you so much for for chatting i really wish you all the best with the future of this project it sounds absolutely brilliant um i hope you had an amazing time in pamplona thank you So just a quick one, I am briefly catching up with Lorette, who last training was here working for Seja, who is one of the project partners of the Cocoriado project. You were here as a trainee with Seja last time, but now you're an ambassador. You're now an ambassador for France on the project. How does it feel to be on the other side? It feels so great to be back and to see all these amazing people, to be able to work alongside the young uh, people from all over Europe. I think it's really nice also to have the opportunity to represent my country. Now I'm here to talk about France and to share my experience. So it's a completely different job that I'm doing now as an ambassador, but it's uh, it's an amazing opportunity that I, I had to to take. So you were working as a trainee at Seizure. Um, what are you up to now? What are you doing? Now I'm still doing my uh, studies. I'm finishing my double degree in organic agriculture and agroecology. So it's related to Cocoreado for sure. And it's also interesting to have the view of a student um, because at school we know, like, we learn that everything is possible, but it's nice to confront this with the farmer's view. And uh, all the ambassadors are so knowledgeable that I can take so much home and I can uh, also bring that to my studies. So it's really fulfilling as a person also. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, you're working as part of a team on one of the seed initiatives. Which seed initiative are you working on? So we're working on developing a cocoa market in Georgia to um, give choice to the consumers to be able to um, eat local product because apparently there is no such things yet 
And in my village, there is a, a local shop like that. And it's such a good example that I wanted to, to share and take part of this initiative because it can really shape the whole village and the whole town to bring consumers closer to the farmers. It's something that we really need. And I can just support these initiatives. Absolutely amazing. Right, I won't keep you any longer. There is a session going on as we speak. Thank you so much, Lorette, for the catch up. Thank you. So uh, my name is Daniel Long. Uh, I'm from Tipperary in Ireland and the southeast of the country. Uh, I'm a dairy farmer and a Cocorito ambassador and uh, an entrepreneur in my spare time. So clearly a very, very busy guy. What what made you want to sign up and be a part of the Cocorito project? I suppose uh, I've always had a, an interest in um, developing agriculture and shortening food supply chains and strengthening a farmer's position. And um, this project appealed to a lot of those kind of, um, I suppose, ambitions that I kind of wanted to solve and I wanted to kind of mix with like-minded people. And when the opportunity came to apply, I turned my hat in the ring and I was lucky enough to be selected. Yeah, exactly. And obviously a big part of this project is the co-creation of these seed initiatives. You've come here with quite a strong plan already, duckweed. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Do you want to start by explaining what the project is? So the project, I I suppose the project came about, um, I suppose, was fortunate in a way. Like I was working on a... um, another project a technology-based project around trading and um we were working uh, i was working on an initiative and it was just through a friend of a friend i got introduced to um stephen o'sullivan who is uh he was based in asia at the time and he was had a heavy background in aquaculture and we got talking around um duckweed and its potential and um we, we discussed the possibility of maybe making a more wide widespread in agriculture settings which wasn't very widely done in europe um, duckweed as a plant has the same protein profile as soya and we all know that soya has a huge carbon footprint and um, it's cutting down the rainforest um, but duckweed had the potential to apart from producing a crop it also had the potential to have environmental benefits in an area such as water remediation so um, we looked at the project and we Stephen moved back to Ireland and um the project has since grown and we have some very experienced partners and um, experts in their fields. And the project now is um, it's moving from the lab onto trial farms, which is very exciting. Okay, so tell me about these trial farms then. How, how many farms have you got signed up for this? So we have 12 trial farms in Tipperary and um, basically those farms are going to trial growing duckweed in the setting of um, wastewater. So um, most, most milking plants produce an awful lot of wastewater and... Um, the rules around applying that to the land is different to that of conventional slurry. You can put it out all year round, but it does the same damage to the water courses and the environment. So this project is around um, capturing some of that water and growing duckweed in a commercial setting and trying to remediate that water. So we're trying to solve the problem of the the water and at the same time giving farmers um, a viable alternative protein to soya um, on farm. And it reduces farms' own input costs. So is there a viable market for this? Huge, because if you look at um, soy at the moment, it's about 800 euros a tonne. And um, in Ireland, um, input, say, feed ration for animals is in around 450 euros a tonne. Um, to produce um, duckweed and in, in place of soya, you, you have the potential to 
uh, cut a huge amount off that bill on farm and then on the flip side then farmers have there's a huge amount of climate responsibility on farmers to reduce emissions and have to uh, purify the waterway so you're getting a, a, a double, you're getting a two-pronged uh, bonus from there yeah so what are the cons of this uh, I suppose the cons are is that um, it's getting the word out there and educating farmers um, the expertise is there and um, I suppose we are moving something that is uh, agriculture based to agriculture based and there's a whole new mindset that needs to change and um, but the I suppose in a way in a kind of a convoluted way with all these emissions targets that are on farmers um, it's actually a huge opportunity to evolve something like we had in the 1950s when farmers went from milking cows by hand to milking mm. with the machine. So how have you found the last couple of days on the training then? How have you found that your seed initiative has developed whilst whilst you've been working alongside your fellow ambassadors? How, how have you found it? I suppose um, I was really fortunate that when my project was put up and the ambassador was selecting the initiatives they wanted to get involved in, that they came from such a variety of backgrounds. Um, we have um, sustainability experts and people from organic backgrounds and farming backgrounds. And um, they, it's just so varied. And um, I suppose what I learned over it was um, most people saw the benefit of the idea in their own region beyond Ireland, which which is the goal of the project. And um, like the project is to be a co-op. So like um, it's to give farmers control over the um production of duckweed as a protein source and um, but I suppose the one thing I learned really was that when we on Monday afternoon we went about actually breaking down the idea and finding faults with it and we really did dig into it and actually um, really try to to smash up the idea but what we found it was very resilient and a lot of the problems that we've we've tried to point out it we we had answers which was very refreshing yeah and that is very promising and I mean so what are the next steps for you obviously you've got these 12 trial farms when do we start seeing results so the the next the next steps we've applied for european horizon funding and um so that's in collaboration with ucc in queens and um we'll have results on that on december and that will open a lot of doors for us for uh the production of a biorefinery to process the duckweed on large scale um we'll hope to see results on the trial farms how from a labor perspective how much work is in managing and harvesting the duckweed and um i suppose we'll we'll also see we'll have, we'll have a lot more engagement with the farming community and um spreading the word and hopefully um if we're successful we'll bring over some ambassadors or interested people over to ireland see the project let them uh let them meet the team and then they can go back to their communities and hold public meetings and try to replicate there so that that'd be the interim to long-term goal incredible i mean you've clearly gone quite some way with the project already and i'm sure we could we could have a whole podcast just on this topic and on this project but we don't have lots of time if anyone listening to this wants to know more or wants to find out more about this project where do they go you can catch me on linkedin daniel long you'll find me on my co-operator you'll also see um if you if you link into my email address daniel long 911 at gmail.com you can drop me an email anytime or you can go to emeraldlifesciences.ie and um, that does it as well. Um, if you uh, if you drop me an email, we have a WhatsApp group set up and it's basically, it's just an information group. So any data or science that's going to go up, it'll go up in the group or anyone interested in getting involved in the project. Um, it's, a, it's a source to go and get information on it. Amazing. Well, thank you very much, Daniel. I'm sure we're going to hear lots more about this project and I will see you next year in Riga. I look forward. Thanks so much, Dan.
Thank you, Daniel, for your time here on the podcast. What an exciting project. Now, during the training, we also carried out some parallel sessions where ambassadors would pick a session that they were particularly interested in on a whole range of different topics. And these were run by ambassadors and project partners to try and really draw upon the skills and expertise of our network. Now, one of these sessions was run by one of our ambassadors, Anton, from Belgium. He is an agricultural journalist and runs online magazines on farming in Europe and women in ag, combining his love for writing and photography with agriculture. He is our very own social media guru and in one of our parallel sessions, he was giving away his top tips for using social media. Here's just a few snippets from what he had to say. Now, um, one of the big advantages of Facebook is that you can use it really locally. Who here has a Facebook page, not a profile, but a page for your company? Almost everybody has that. But you interact with local people. You work with me too. I have several Facebook pages um, for our project, our farm, farming project. I only interact with people from not even our town, but our side of town. Facebook is text, is images, is, is photos, video, but you with a lot of interaction. People ask questions, you answer them, they, they, they send you a direct message with, with, an, with an order. I want to order several packages of black garlic, different types of vegetables. Can you deliver them or do I have to come pick them up? It's really it's personal contact, it's local. Instagram is more visual. There's nothing new I'm telling you now, but it's visual. You put a picture, you put a reel, you put a, a video, you have the stories, you have the feed. There you already have more reach using the right hashtags. You can generate a lot of reach. With that reach comes also the possibility that you get in contact with other people farther away. TikTok is now really gaining traction. It's the possibilities with TikTok. I'm not gonna. We often see in, in, in general press possibilities with TikTok are enormous. And actually, no, TikTok is a one way communication tool. You just put a video on it and done. Whatever happens afterwards, done. You can put hashtags in them in, in the comments. You can put a nice description in the. Within one second, this, we have a drop off. After one second, the first image of the video is so important that if that's not catching the viewer's attention, you're just flipping through it. I have two videos on it, one with 2.5 million views and one that reached 1 million yesterday. And I can't tell you why. <laughs> So my name is Aneno, I'm from Georgia. I live in a small town called Tkibuli, but I study in Tbilisi. Uh, I study business management. It's very interesting. I really use this in practical life, in everyday life. So yeah, and my initiative called Coco Market. So what is your background with the food supply chain or do, or do you just have a real interest for it? 
I'm very interested about the food supply chain because my uncle have rabbit farm. I'm helping uh, him. Also, my parents have restaurants and we have very big connection with uh, consumers, with um, producers. So also uh, in my home, we have little garden where we are producing tomatoes and very little things, but it's still like producing mm. for everyday life. Amazing. So you've got lots of different links to the food supply chain. Is that one of the main reasons why you wanted to become a part of this network? So, uh, first of all, I want to say that in Georgia, we don't have such a kind of opportunities where you can meet people who have very big experience, like ideas, and talk with them and share these experiences. So I wanted to take this opportunity as like improving myself and my community about that kind of topic, connecting consumers and producers. So this was like opportunity really to be ambassador in my country in my hometown yeah that's what the main reason why i participate and you're leading the co-creation of one of our seed initiatives uh cocoa market which you've just mentioned do you want to just explain in a nutshell what that is so cocoa market is initiative that's come from uh really co-coriado from co-coriado and uh, when we were in brussels and we saw this amazing uh, food hub this idea came from that that why i shouldn't make it in my city we are no one actually really cares no not cares about like they don't know what does it mean to be connected with farmers to know about them so i wanted really to make this initiative and to be like person who started talking about that who creating such a kind of structure and uh, like uh, high standards so i wanted really to start it about cocoa market that will connect consumers and farmers directly to each other okay so in practical terms this food market you know it's going to be like the food hub we visited in brussels for those people that don't know exactly what that is and how it's run do you want to explain that so when farmers are producing their products, they need to introduce it to consumers. So it's important to have place where you can share your products, show people, tell uh, them about that. So it's very important to have such kind of places where farmers and consumers will talk, share their experience. Also, farmers will collaborate, have partnership with each other and helping each other can improve their products in many ways. So yeah, you you are talking about a physical space. I'm talking about physical uh, space and also I want to make an online platform where also consumers can see where foods come from, who is the producer and what kind of products they have. So this was important part of my project also. Like both of them can create very high quality um, service. Exactly. And I mean, what are those next steps for you to try and make this a reality? Yeah, this today was really amazing because I have group which uh, where I discussed about this project, what problem can it be like challenges. And after uh, it was just idea and now we are planning and going in the details. So next step can be like very big research, what consumers want, what farmers want from this shop. And they're starting to working about making this idea happen. Amazing, amazing, brilliant. Well, thank you so much for giving up your time to to chat here on the podcast. Um, It sounds like a really, really great project. 
And yeah, I can't wait to uh, go to the grand opening one day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I will be there. Invited. <laughs> <laughs> we'll all be invited. I cannot wait. Um, and I'll see you in Riga next year. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Thank you. So there we go. We have come to the end of this second Cocoriado ambassador training in Pampelona. It has been an incredible few days. And as you can tell by listening to just the few ambassadors that we've had on the podcast, that they are so passionate about creating real change. I spoke to Lisa from Ilvo at the start of the episode, and I'm joined by her now to give her the final word on this podcast. Lisa... How has the last few days been for you? Amazing. It has exceeded all my expectations. Um, Even though I I have seen things that I can improve still, many, many things that I can improve, absolutely. But I I noticed that the the sparkle was there. And once you've got it started, these these people are so amazing that that they they don't need even that much, you know. Just a small sparkle and off they go. They are so amazing. I have seen things growing and blowing and and, uh, yeah, so I I hope we can keep the sparkle going in between trainings now. That's going to be, that's that's not easy. That's really a challenge for us as uh, from the project also. I mean, it's not something that you can enforce on people. It has to happen or not happen. And right now I think yes, but of course, once people go back to their jobs and to their lives, it, it, it will be hard. So, okay, that's, that's something I hope we can at least keep something. So we will, uh, we will work on that. We'll, tomorrow we have meeting with um, uh, the partners uh, and we will see how we can facilitate that at least. Exactly. I mean, it really has been exciting. And in the last few days, you could really, you could really feel that energy. It's been really infectious, hasn't it? Um, moving forward, we will be going to re in Latvia next May for the third training. Can you give us a bit of an idea on the themes and topics of the training in Riga next year? So um, a topic that has been uh, already touched upon this training in parallel sessions, but that will be more prominent next time will be public procurement. And with that, I also want to link to giving ambassadors tools to reach out to local um, uh, governments uh, to spread the news in that way. Of course, the goal is that we spread this news to as many people as possible. We will be uh, working, uh, going deeper, diving deeper into the best practices uh, we already used briefly this time, but as as you recall, we were not quite uh, not quite finished there yet, so we have some more work to do. Uh, and with this final analysis, um, we hope that uh, we will come to tools and develop things that they can really all use uh, to help their own projects or also to, if they meet someone else that is working on something, would say, oh, but wait, we have this toolbox there. Maybe you could reach out to this one or that one or uh, both in, in terms of people, network, as in actual tools. Um, so that is something we will uh, work on in Riga. Um, and of course, we will get back on the seeds because we have had the seed initiatives. We want to hear back from them how they've been doing, um, help them also to go to the next steps um, of uh, the costs and, uh, and revenues. Um, and uh, But 
yeah, that's in, in broad lines. Not all the details have been, of course, decided. We still have to get started on the program, to be honest. Of course. I mean, we've got lots of time to reflect. I cannot wait to see you again in Riga next year. There will be lots of communication in the meantime. So make sure you're following Co Coriado on all the main social media platforms. But yeah, have a safe journey home and I'll see you in person in Riga next year. I'm looking forward to it. Bye then.